your story. What's your story? What's your story? Well, hello, Bradbird. What's up, Chrissy Carpenter? How you doing today? I am well, thank you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good, I would say. Yeah? Yeah, I would say pretty good. My, uh, ooh, that was fun, guys. Brad just moved his mic. Um, yeah, nothing crazy, nothing major. Uh, physically, I feel relatively in good health. My wrist is bothering me slightly, but that's okay. And is that from the rock climbing? I think so. I'm just going to use a ball and roll it out. Okay. Yep. So the foam roller thingy or more of a ball thingy or? With, like a softball. Okay. I can go against oh, a wall right. and roll my arm along. Oh, uh, yes. Because yes. I thought about this today. I was like, I'm such a believer in rolling your legs out, right? Mm-hmm. You work them a lot. I'm like, duh, I need to be rolling my arms out too if I'm working them a lot climbing. So no wonder I'm like. It's another another pain. appendage with muscles and exactly. you know, stuff like that. So I think I got to start doing that on the regular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you, are you a big foam roller? I mean, I know that was like kind of yes. all the rage like a couple um, of years ago. I but use a plastic PVC pipe actually because it gets in there deeper. Wow, look at but you. Um, I religiously roll out my legs every single time before I work out, even if I'm not doing legs. No kidding. And I think that's why I get very minimal injury. Guys, it's a big ass truck just driving by because we're in the garage. Truck full of truck full of gardeners just came by. Yep, just rolling down the street, sipping on gin and juice. There you go. Laid back. Um, Speaking of gin and juice, Brad. One one. You uh, brought up an interesting uh, juice cleanses, cleanses, cleanses in general, folks. Yeah, I think we've all heard this term, the cleanse, and I think a lot of people f- are afraid of it, you know? There's, there's all sorts of cleanses, right? There's vegetable cleanses, there's that fucking lemon cayenne cleanse, there's uh, just a straight-up water cleanse. Hmm. I mean, there's all sorts of weird shit I mean, out there. it's tough to do some of these cleanses. I've tried. I don't usually last too long. Um, yeah. But... I've got this like I've got this photo shoot on Friday and it's not cheap. It's with somebody who's like, you know, pretty legit. Mm-hmm. And uh and I just feel like um You need to be top notch. I feel like I owe it to myself and like the amount of money that I'm spending on it to you know, just kinda, you know, forty eight hours ahead, maybe just try to do something that's gonna, you know, thin it out a bit. Uh, I love that you're coming to this conclusion forty eight hours ahead as opposed to like a month ahead of time. I know. But oh, I've been I've been trying. I mean, I've been off the sugar. I'm off sugar. I'm off flour, and okay. um, I think that's working. I mean, I'm vegan too, so I mean, it's like, well, what else can I really do? I literally you know? don't know what you eat every day. Like, what do you eat? I mean, I, I eat plenty of stuff. You do plenty, plenty, too much. I, I'm still eating too much. It's, it's of crazy. What fucking lettuce? Yeah, I mean, no, dude. There's so much shit, dude. It's crazy. I mean, all kinds of stuff. All kinds okay. of stuff. Okay. <laughs> um. And uh, so Brad says he's gonna do a moon. Um, what what the fuck do you call it? Moon juice. Well, I follow Drew Barrymore on, on Instagram. Of course you do. I mean, well, as of yesterday. Okay. And she was talking about doing this moon juice cleanse mm-hmm. with the stuff called moon juice, and she swears by it. So of course now I'm I, like, I want to know what's in the moon juice. It's just a variety of like rad flavors. Like, see, that's very ambiguous. What exactly? I don't know. Are we There's about? like six flavors or something. But flavors apparently, of what? It's not of like just actual juice. Products. It's of juice. Of like okay. some sort of juice with all kinds of mm-hmm. good things for you in that mm-hmm, juice. Mm-hmm. See, so I, I think I'm going to try to do a moon juice cleanse, guys. I think Brad should do a colon cleanse personally <laughs> because it's going to get all your toxins out, and you're going to sounds lose a little like bit too five to Kaiser Permanente. Five to ten pounds, Brad. Five really? to ten pounds. I don't know. And all the fucking toxins that's been chilling in your intestines your entire life will be gone. My entire life. Your okay. entire life. Maybe it's time. You're 20 it sounds like something you should do like once a month, you know? Do you remember Emil from the gym? You have to know Emil. Yeah, yeah, of course. Everybody. Of course. Emil did colon Acupuncture? Cleansing. Acupuncture yes. Emil? Yes. But he like went through a phase of doing it like once a week and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's not what you're supposed to do. Right. I I think for me, I would only do like twice a year, but. Okay. Um, Maybe I should try it. Um, they're scheduling an appointment. No Are you going to be able to get out of your, out of your months, out of your head? Because you're like on a table with a tube hooked to your anus, and you're there's a big screen, and you can watch all this really? toxins leaving your body. It's going across the screen. Sounds phenomenal. Yeah, you just got to kind of get over the like tube in your asshole situation. 
that that could take some time to adjust to. But you know what? You're just prepping for like a colonoscopy that you're going to have to have when you're after 50 anyways. Right, right. Right? You're just like getting to jump on it. Okay. Maybe it's something to look into. So yeah, so that's from what I'm thinking today. Because um, when I was doing yoga this morning, I was just like looking at myself in the mirror and I was just like, dude, I got to lose a couple more for this before this photo shoot. So You've got 48 hours, folks. Right? 48 hours. Why don't you go on a water fast for the next two days? Whew. Well, Ooh, that's what this moon juice thing is. It's like, no, you know, it's, it's a little bit more than water. Yeah, so like, and I think that makes all the difference because you're, yeah. you're going to be having sugar in there. Water, mm-hmm. you start to hallucinate shit on a water fast if you do it for too long. Yeah, I know. I once did a vegetable that. cleanse. Yeah. It was horrible. It doesn't sound fun. It was just raw vegetables. Yeah, something about this it's moon terrible. juice stuff. I don't know. It just looked like it could be like not that painful. So do you, know? you only drink the moon juice? Yeah, that's it? I think that's it, yeah. But I'm looking into it, so that's what's going on with me right now in this very second. So you 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 would need to start today's Wednesday, Brad. Your shoot's on Friday. I know. So you need to start the moon juice right now. I know. Like you're gonna do moon juice for one day, and you think it's gonna. No, make I'm gonna a do it. I'm gonna do it today. I'm gonna try to do it for two, which is gonna be. Have you consumed any food today? I had a banana. Ooh, where's your moon juice at? I, Who's getting it for you? I think Marnie's gonna try to get it. It's in Silver Lake. This place. Let me text her right now. Moon juice. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, but things are good in this crazy world, I would say, uh, today. Mm-hmm. Your shoot's and, for your um, album cover. It is. It's for the for the layout of the record, this new record. So. All right, all right, all right. Yep. Um, that. So, yeah, so all is well. And the photo shoot's out in Barstow. Have you ever been out there? Yeah, there's nothing going on in Barstow. Yeah. For apparently your photo shoot. That's what. That's it. It's the only thing that's happening in Barstow this year. Wait, wait, why the hell did you guys pick Barstow? I mean, there are a lot more, like, random-ass, deserty locations where nothing's happening, I feel like, closer well, than Barstow. Well, this photographer seems to think it's a pretty cool place to do a photo shoot, so. Cool. So you got to drive, like, two we'll hours say. to Barstow. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, um, okay. hope everybody who's tuning in... Uh, to this is episode number eight. This is number eight, folks. In season two of oh, What's Your Story? We left them on a cliffhanger last time. Will there be ten episodes or not? Will there dun, be ten? Dun, dun. We said we would tell them today. I think. Guys, I, mail truck, mail truck. We're in the garage. Mail truck. Um, I think the uh, the answer to that is going to be yes. There's going to be ten episodes. Big reveal! Ten episodes. Yes. We, we're gonna do. We're gonna do two more, and then. Uh, We'll try to fit something in the fall, but I don't know. I don't know. My timetable in the fall is looking toit. It's looking toit. Yeah. Well, we'll get season three in there eventually. Yeah. But I'd love to squeeze it in. So anyways, yeah, two more episodes after today's episode. And today I am like super stoked for our guest today. Okay, tell me why you're stoked. Um, Because he's just the man. He's the man? Yeah. He's the man. He's the man, the myth, and the legend. Yeah. He's all of Very talented, musical, um... Uh, amigo of mm-hmm. mine that I've been working with for for years and um, very very good at what he does. Well, what does he do? Tell people. He his specialty is he mixes records. Okay. Yeah. But he's also a producer and engineer. But his right, main right, thing right. is that he mixes records. So okay. for you guys listening, that means you record the record mm-hmm. in different studios, and then when you get all that stuff together, mm-hmm. it goes off to sort of like the second phase of making a record which is called mixing the record which is a very important part of the process and then the final phase is mastering the record and then the record is ready to go mm-hmm. you know so this phase is the mixing phase and he's actually mixing my new record <gasps> right now <gasps> so um it's awesome he he we 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 pried him out of his mixing studio for um, we lured for him 45 with, minutes. It what was are his, very, very challenging to get What are his here. favorite? What did we lure him with? Did we give him like... We have different... I mean, I had to pay him... I had to pay him a lot of money to be on this Ice podcast. cream sundaes, <laughs> donuts. What's his weakness? Chocolate mm, chip cookies. I think he's kind of a burrito man, you know? Burritos. <laughs> okay. We lured but, him with um, burritos. We were able to... Uh, to, to to get him on the show, which is which is great stuff. Yeah, should we see um, if he's close? Should we check with security? There is uh, quite a few people out there I can see. As usual. Outside the garage here, mistaking us for Mark Marin's garage. Except we're um, way cooler than Mark Marin's garage. Oh, we have true. a guys, we have a package oh. 
from there you go we're doing a podcast and yeah. the post lady just arrived with the package everybody there from you go. simple human thank you everybody knows simple human are expensive but excellent products cool i wonder what that can? is i bet it's a trash can it looks very trash can i wonder what it is um but you're good today all is well with you all is well. Um, I mean, nothing crazy, Brad. I'm just, yeah. you know, planning my trip to Iceland. Everybody That's right. knows about. Everybody knows um, that Chrissy's going to Iceland in September. I'm going climbing outside on Saturday. Okay. Which should be good and scary and fun. Um, yeah, that's kind of the jam. At Rock the climbing still is the new the new thing. The new old thing. The you new know, old it's thing. It's good. It's good. I'm good, determined good. to be fucking amazing at it. Yes, yeah. I'm sure you will be. I was at the gym earlier today, did some squats in there as usual, you know. That's, that's all in. you do. No, I don't. That's all you do I at do, the gym. I squat twice a week. But no, I do I, every I time do I've every every times. time I've ever seen you at the gym, you're always squatting. Well, I squat on Mondays, Wednesdays, and then either Friday or Saturday. So we're just probably on the same workout schedule and you wow. only work down on Mondays and Wednesdays, so it seems like oh, she always has legs. But I do right, other right, shit right. on like Tuesdays and Saturdays. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think our guest um, is, is 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 here. Um, I'm super stoked to get him on the show. So, don't go anywhere, guys. Um, hang tight. And, oh damn! Um, I don't know what that is, but we're taking a break right now. All right. <laughs> Bye, guys. <laughs> Hi guys, we're back. Hello. We're back. It sounded like a fucking a fucking attack like by an, monsters and shit. An airplane was like landing, like when that, right before street. we went to to a break. It was insane. Well, they heard Brian was coming, and everyone was like, "Ah, get the plane! Exactly. Oh, we gotta see this guy." Exactly. It's um, yeah, we've got uh, the man, the myth, the legend, Brian Cook with us dun, today. Dun, dun, dun. Hello, Brad. Thank Hello, you, Chrissy. my man. Welcome to the show, Brian. Thank for you. popping over the hill. Brian lives. What? What? Uh, walking distance. Okay, I was like, maybe you shouldn't talk about where yeah. he lives. Well, I, mean, I don't know if know. he's got groupies. I, I don't know. I say he lives like right over the hill. Okay. You know, Eagle Rock is a good community yeah. for right. creative people. And yeah. Concur. Yeah. yeah. It okay. seems like uh, this is where a lot of creative people live, right? Highland Park, Eagle Rock, Mount Washington, I Glassell Park. Yep. Yep. It used, like it used like to be where the Silver Lake people go when they had kids because they need to get one more bedroom. But right, but now now that everyone's yeah. priced out of their <laughs> exactly, we're starting. You know, yeah, that's so the, true. Even the no kids types. So I know true. it's like Silver. I never like I know like ten years ago Silver Lake was kind of Echo Park was like yeah that was the jam was like sketchy and shit. You know now it's like now it's, it's just like F. they're pushing pushing further even beyond Highland Park to different areas I've never heard of before oh people um, are pushing out to like Duarte and beyond man like, like people Duarte. can't afford places in Pasadena Duarte is the new scene right now you guys heard <laughs> probably that like past, probably like San Bernardino <laughs> is the new scene I hate to say it I know pretty soon it's gonna be like I mean, Big a, Bear is like fucking the cool place yeah to be. a condo in Pasadena is like starts at 500 yeah there's yeah. some Eagle Rock homes over a million oh yeah one of our friends is moving to Chino Hills I'm like I had to look at I, I had a friend who got married up. and yeah. she moved to, to Chino Hills yeah. because they wanted a nice place yeah and they didn't want to pay an arm and a leg yeah so they live in Chino Hills I mm. never see her <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon pretty soon it's gonna be like dude have you been to that new coffee shop in Chino Hills it's like super cool dude <laughs> cross with Chino Hills man it's coming it just it coming. starts with a cool coffee shop and it goes from there you her, know? her big priority was if I move to Chino Hills will they have Instacart <laughs> Instacart <laughs> so she had to like go out there and like test it that's hilarious <laughs> oh my god okay well apparently they've got Instacart in Chino Hills guys yeah I sound like an idiot right now what is Instacart it's a grocery app delivery thing yeah right Yes, yeah, right. so you can order all your groceries and they'll it. just bring it to your house. Is it sort of like you don't um, have time for grocery shopping, Brad? What's that service? Um, the they door. deliver the food for you. Um, Postmates. Postmates. Postmates delivers everything for you. Have you guys used that service? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. No, because I feel like they tax on like eighty-six other fees that were yeah. totally unnecessary, and I'm like, fuck yeah. it, I'm just gonna drive. I'm just gonna go do it. French fries. The app, God, I mean, the app grocery shopping is problematic though because you look at this picture and you want some tomatoes. Yeah. And you say, I want three tomatoes. And then they show up with three like mm. bushels of tomatoes. That's bushels, probably oh. the wrong word. But then Remember you wind up with like, you wind up with like 23 tomatoes. Exactly. So you're like texting your neighbors, like, hey, you want any tomatoes? <laughs> <laughs> and what happens if they don't have what you want? Do you have to put like your second and third choice or they 
sometimes you gotta days, go back and forth and text yeah you them. have to say like okay to substitute or if they don't have it leave it out or they text you and stuff oh so you have yeah. used instacart you seem well versed in the instacart as a parent who's trying to work yeah yeah instacart uh, saves your life it's helpful okay that's cool yeah. Mm. Instacart. Uh, Brian's Instacart. just not an Instacart user, guys. He's also a sound mixer. <laughs> <laughs> He's all about Instacart. I mean, just getting back to the Instacart thing for a second, okay, though. Sure, I feel sure, like, Brad, sure. I feel like um, it's amazing. You can just, you know, you can buy everything from Amazon, have it delivered, True. Instacart everything. I mean, mm. you don't have to leave your house. No, you really you don't. You really don't have to leave your house. Mm. You can just do everything. I, I'm not even, this I don't This is like really, an introvert's dream come true. This I feel like I in. don't use the tools of technology as much as I should. Like well, Amazon, you you know, Amazon is sort of like, I haven't really fully, you know, But if you're getting it. what you want, I mean, if it's not an inconvenience on your life. No, it doesn't really it change my life much. more time to do things that are actually beneficial to yeah. you. It's true. You did just have life. a simple human package delivered. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. Yeah, but I didn't have it. My wife mm. probably did. Oh, okay. Um, she's much more on top of that stuff than I am. Gee, why? I'm so surprised. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Technology, man. I'm, so, I'm like, I'm, uh, I'm a little bit of a dinosaur when it comes to tech things. Um, but so back to Brian. Brian is is a tech wizard. He is a tech wizard. When it comes to, I'm a refo- well, I'm a reformed former tech wizard. You oh. see, like pretty first you learn that stuff, then you try to forget it. In high just school, think about music. Were you in the AV club? I was in band. Uh huh. Um, I hung out with theater people. Love that. I went to the art shows and stuff, and was not. So you hung out with like sporty, super sporty. Okay, okay. Were you hang out? Would you hang out with like the, the goth, the goth kids? And yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm in, I'm into the yeah. yeah. I mean, I went. I had phases like that, but not personally. But like the I'm rebel friends with people that. Yeah, yeah. That. Yeah. How did you get started with mixing and producing? High school, I was a freshman hanging out with some juniors that were applying to like Oberlin and all those kind of, you know, fancy music schools. And, uh-huh. and they hired like a pro studio. And that mm-hmm. was my first time in headphones and actually hearing the people I was playing with instead yeah. of being in some like space like this where you're like kind of know what they're playing, right. but you don't really. Right. Yeah. And all of a sudden you put the headphones on in the studio and you're like, it's just like all these painting sounds everywhere. And it was just my. Nine, ninth grade brain was just like couldn't believe what I was hearing. It. Yeah. Wow. Now where was so this? Got, uh, Philadelphia. I grew up in oh, yeah. outside of Philly. Grew up in Philly. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that was the beginning of like understanding that that was a job because mm-hmm, we were hiring mm-hmm. that person. And okay. As I started to continue to play music, but like the guy I was taking lessons from, I could tell he was sort of struggling. And then I went to school and I was playing a lot of gigs that were good but they were more like second um you know second in people's mind like they were okay. having they were having dinner they were like looking at art they were discussing their portfolios okay it wasn't like when i go to jazz shows i like was light laser focused locked right, on the right, people right. but mm-hmm. all my jobs in boston you're were like, the, like you're like the pleasant background it was music wallpaper stuff yeah you know? yeah and i got you music and it was just like eh, it's not wasn't making me um you know money happy vibrant and okay you know it wasn't like invigorating right 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 yeah (laughs) which is totally i mean for some people you just got to follow what that is for you right and like i just recognize like hey i'm not this is not going to be like an a plus life if i just if you were a musician and you struggled and it was just a different time like it wasn't the 40s anymore it wasn't like ornette coleman and, and john coltrane and eric dolphy and you know all these like hardcore jazz or what I consider jazz that made me tick, it wasn't that time mm-hmm. anymore. It wasn't so you what were the general public demands high school? Or, or wants to. Were you into jazz early and stuff like that? You appreciated? You had an appreciation yeah. for it? Yeah, my one of my middle school teachers gave me a Charlie Parker book of solos, and wow. I don't know something like just clicked. It was just like someone believed in me and was like, you know, you want to be good at jazz, learn all this. That's so cool. And it was Earn like it. extra credit on the side, not for school yeah. optional stuff. But right, right. But did it was you take to um, a certain music um, musical instrument? Like, what, did I you was take? A sa- well, I. I started on clarinet, but then that was not cool. So right. yeah, um, I have to switch to saxophone, which the is poor, very similar. The poor so. clarinet, you know. I know it's like you start with clarinet. I did the same thing, and then you just go to the sax, and then you do that for a little bit, and you're like, oh, this is kind of hard. And then everyone else started playing drums and guitars, but I never, I never <laughs> took never, that leap. Okay, never, never jumped over there. But now what I do, it, I'm like, 
editing and like writing things and muting things and it's all it's not of course I'm not playing drums and guitar but, but I'm very like I'm t I'm really involved with how it's coming out of the speakers and, and it allows me to work on like you know pop or rock or song singer songwriter or classical or it's whatever like it is it doesn't even matter the genre it just allows me to sort of go along all these different genres where I was just like jazz guy and now yeah. I'm like able to just apply music to a lot of different genres and yeah that I feel I find that really it's amazing you know so you stimulating. Um, so you grew up in Philly and then you went to Berkeley right right in Boston which right. you know obviously Berkeley is probably one of the best known music schools in the country right it isn't like the modern commercial music kind of it's not like a Juilliard or an mm -hmm. East oh, End yeah. right it's like more modern commercial music Sure. Uh, certainly, a lot of the teachers there could teach at any school yeah. in the country because they're legit musicians. Mm -hmm, but mm -hmm. I think the focus of the school in general is sort of like a little bit more um, applicable to modern commercial yeah. music. Sure. Yeah. And yeah instead yeah. of classical and jazz, strictly. Right. Right. They do right. much. They do now, were you one of these guys who like graduated from there, or did you like leave two years early? Like, you I know? actually graduated. Did you? Yep. It's always like yeah. cool to leave Berkeley like a couple years early because you just because like, you got you know, a gig or something. Because you're just like you're, you're over it, man. You got to rock. I think you now get it's like sixty-five thousand dollars or something. Oh shit! It's, it's absurd. One one year it was more than Harvard, and if you're a player. I'm not sure, you know, I don't know. I've, I'm uh, not, yeah. like, I haven't made my living as a musician, but from what I hear from my friends, no one's going to ask for the paper to say, like, hey, can you play? Right. So it's all about meeting people well, like, and making, you I know, mean, making friends and then, you know. And I feel like if you're on the production side of things, it's smarter to, to stay in school anyways as opposed to if you're out yeah, there for, playing Yeah, for production gigs. it was. This, uh, yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, you know, musicians have a hard enough time making money as it is, but, like, how about, like, entering the world with, like, those kind of loans? Yeah. You know, uh, being a musician, yeah. like that's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I feel like it shouldn't be that expensive to go to a school that's, you know, the, the guarantee and the um, what you can make is so little, you yeah. know, yeah. or if anything at all. But so in school, that's when you started getting into sort of like editing Pro Tools, learning how to record, and and sort of like more of like a engineering and producing type of. Berkeley was really attractive to me because I knew I could do both. Yeah. yeah. As I tried to figure out. Do I want to play a jazz musician or not? It's like, well, let me go to Berkeley. I'll figure it out while yeah, I'm there. Yeah, yeah. You know, mm -hmm. and learn more about the studio when I was there. And I decided that that was something that I really wanted to do. Was Did there you? like one defining thing that you're like? happened and you thought no you know what I'm gonna stay to the production side of things or it was just kind of a gradual realization yeah, did, you have like a, did you have like a whiplash <laughs> episode where you're like some guy was throwing a fucking symbol at your head oh, and you were shit. like fuck that's jazz shit was there a defining moment when I decided I wanted to to just studio? stick on the production yeah the studio side of things I mean I think no it wasn't a moment it was just more the years and years of accumulated mm -hmm, knowledge mm -hmm, of like mm -hmm. what was I gonna do with my jazz right or you know just, it was just sort of like okay I was getting a lot of joy out of the production and the studio stuff so I decided over a, probably a period of like two or three years that it was like a crossfade yeah 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 crossfade <laughs> everybody loves that crossfade crossfade <laughs> um, so you and then right after Berkeley you moved right to LA mm -hmm. and you knew you knew LA was the place for you to be huh not really I mean I, in my mind, the major, I wanted to be in one of the biggest music making cities in the country. Yeah. And mm -hmm. at the time, I thought it was New York, Nashville, or LA. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's pretty much what was I what just they grew say. up on the East Coast. And, See what's up now. Um, I took a little trip during school to, to LA to AES, and I thought mm. it was really fun, and I just thought I'd try something else yeah. besides the East Coast. And, so wow. when, you get out, when you got out here, do you have the similar kind of starving artist story? Like, it wasn't happening at first. You had to hustle a lot. You thought, "Fuck, I'm never gonna make money. Should I keep doing this? Did any of that occur?" Or it, it you just struck, you struck oil from exactly. day one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, but when you're 22 and you have no expenses, you don't need a lot of money. True. So I wasn't starving, but I also didn't make a lot. Right. But I controlled the situation. I designed it so that I didn't eat a lot. Right. I mean, I was working at the studio sometimes over 100 hours a week. Damn. And they were paying for most of the sessions paid for my meals. Sure. Oh, that's fantastic. And I was splitting a one bedroom that was like $600. So my rent oh, okay, was like cool. $300. Right, right. I didn't really 
Well, I, at first I drove because I was getting food and hamburgers and coffee for rock stars. Giant right. truck coming, giant <laughs> truck coming. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, Sorry. Oh, my God, it's that same truck. Oh. Um, yeah, we have the garage door open today. We do. Because it's just a beautiful day in L.A. Um, so your first gig, so did you did you have the gig lined up when you came to L.A.? Like you knew you could work in the studio or you kind of came out here and you just kind of like hustled and you, you found like the gig? Some of my teachers studio. at school had friends, so I at least had an interview. Like yeah. it, oh, wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't. It wasn't a spot. It wasn't right. like, hey, you know. Right. It was like you got it, kid. You know, I right, still had right. to like do it, but it's like let us know. When you're out, let let us know when you're out here, and then we'll interview right. you and we'll talk to you. I had a chance, and um, also I had some good timing happen because once yeah. I got the job as the runner, getting the food. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I was bef- I befriended this Seymour senior staff member who was like kind of ov- like kind of done, and um, I eventually sort of met his clients and they started yeah. asking Great. for me because he was on his way oh. to move on and yeah. Um, so timing. Some people do the the food thing for years, and I was fortunate just to do it for a few months. So. That's awesome. Genius. Yeah. So what what studio did you first work out of? It was called A and M Studios on Sunset yeah. in La Brea, yeah, yeah, and the Chaplin lot, the Henson lot. Oh yeah, cool. They still live right next to there. And, and around the year two thousand, uh, uh, it was sold um, to the Universal Music Group. So mm-hmm. right, A and M, yeah, um, sure. And at that point, um, the, uh, Jim Henson Company moved in on the lot, and yeah. um, Jim Henson took over the operations of the studio but they didn't really use it much for a little bit for Kermit but right it was mostly just the same studio it always had been right. hmm. yeah. so your first let's say big client that you worked with were you kind of like swept up in it or you got to tell yourself like be cool be calm I got this like how was that experience for you um yeah I think that I mean that's the, the kind of thing they don't teach you at school right is to sort of keep uh, calm, cool, respected, like a respectable, and mm-hmm. um, not get in their way, and just you know figure out your role and when to speak up and when not to, and it's mm-hmm. almost always don't speak. Up. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a huge mistake that a lot of people make as they think and, they're and, you know and don't make eye they contact. They gotta say like actually I think it'd be better if you. <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> so you started off at A and M, and you were like an assistant engineer, right? So you weren't really fully engineering, but you were assisting an engineer, right? Right. right. And so you were kind of right. like getting coffee and doing this, and we're going on lunch runs, but like learning the board, seeing what they were doing, learning how to mic instruments up, all that kind of stuff. Right? The first step was getting the coffee and the food, and then yeah. sometimes helping set up the mics and tear them down. But you weren't in the room when the big okay, artists when were. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, it takes a while to understand that dynamic. Like sure. these people are very well known, and they want. Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. they come to places like this because it feels secure and safe and um, so it takes a little while to figure out how to act and um, yeah but that's something that's really hard to learn and a lot not a lot of people get that opportunity sure just to uh, is it tact or decorum or whatever that word is all those things you know just to sort of like uh, act appropriately right Yeah. So then, yeah, the first job was the was the food, coffee, and the setup and tear down. But then you eventually get to be in the room. But then you're still not actually doing it. Doing it. Right. You come with the room, and you, your job is to make sure that the technology is invisible. Like mm-hmm. all this, all this expensive things don't get in the way when someone wants to deliver. Right. Um, but right. you're just you're just connecting everything and squashing all the bugs. You yeah. Know, you're not like yeah. figuring out how creative to make. Right. Anything. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. Um, then I, you know, I mean, after time, you know, I just decided uh, I was going to have a ethos of like not burning any bridges that I worked so hard yeah. to, to build. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. when I felt myself starting to have that itch, mm-hmm, instead mm-hmm. of ha- instead of being cranky or have a bad attitude, I wanted to just quit while I was ahead. Yeah, um, not quit, but like move, move on, on, move yeah. on before I uh, put any bad <laughs> right. energy Absolutely. out into the room. That's so. really smart. Um, so and that was that was that was probably the scariest thing was leaving a job right. to go independent. Because so well, that's the thing. Until that so point, you, I you was did that for a while. You really learned the trade. You started engineering stuff, right? Um, then it was yeah, sort like of twenty-two to twenty-six. I had a job. Yeah. It was it was sort of minimum wage or about mm-hmm. minimum wage, but it was yeah. still a job. Right. But you know, twenty-six or so, I decided just to give this a try. So when you decided yeah. to go independent, how would you get 
people to work with you? Is it like a name referral situation? You would approach artists. They're like, oh, yeah. Did they approach you? They remembered your work. It's funny. I, I was inspired. One of my favorite engineers is this guy, Brian Schubel, and he was working with Greg Wattenberg on a Dishwalla record. Mm. And I just w- was really interested in what they were doing. I liked their approach and their aesthetic. Um, the producer, Dishwalla, those the guys are in Santa Barbara, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. And they were started at my studio, but then they were left to go to another studio to do uh, overdubs, like vocals and guitars. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I something in, in me. I was like, I want to go <laughs> with them yeah. to the next place right. and yeah. help, even though it's not really like the next place is going to have an assistant too. Right. Um, I don't but know. you just want to be around. It. I so just wanted to keep going on that project. That did you ask them like, hey guys, can I go along or what? Yeah, I asked the producer and engineer if they wanted help at the next place, and they and they said, well, we may not be able to pay you, but. Of course, we'd love to have you there. But then I had to talk to my current job about transitioning. And right, stuff, right. So. Hmm. But uh, that didn't. That project was only like a month or two. So then I had to figure out what was, what was going on. So then you're on the hustle, but, right? But then miraculously, something happened where like a good friend of mine was working for a composer named Mike Andrews, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. um, he needed a sub. His his normal engineer wasn't going on vacation, and um, right. So you started working with Mike for a while, didn't you? Yeah, so I yeah. Was, it was supposed to be a week or two job, and it turned out to be like four years. Wow. <laughs> so that guy who went wow. on vacation was probably like, oh, damn it, I shouldn't have gone on vacation. Well, it's like, you know, welcome to L.A. You, you, you fucking, <laughs> That's you take exactly a, You take a right. nap around yeah. here, somebody steals mm-hmm. your lunch, and, you know, it's, yep. a, yeah. you know, it's like, it's a, you know, it's a... I didn't it's feel great about that. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> to make you feel bad. No, I mean, it's... <laughs> you're like, I'm not, I'm, you're holding on, I'm holding on to my chair. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, but, but even the, but even you working with did better work though you know that's well, why he wanted we got to along stick with really you. well and you know there's a certain camaraderie and an unspoken language yeah. that you kind of like especially with musicians like you got it's really hard to do what they do so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. if the less mm. uh, difficulty you know involved the better right um, but even with Mike I wasn't employed by him I was freelancing right. but it was like an unspoken sort of like pretty regular thing mm. um, he still toured with his bands and. Um, other things too but he's a very busy uh, composer so is he um, mainly is he mainly mixing now is he kind of doing some producing and a little bit of everything or? he does a lot of film um, yeah back then we were doing a little bit of tv but he does records once in a while um, then he then he found some of that sweet tv movie money and kind of <laughs> tapped into that more well he's a really cinematic and beautiful soundscape um, composer that oh, is yeah. very in demand for some of the themes and the moods that he can create in sure. own movies. So yeah, um, that's what I think. I mean, is so movies are probably more lucrative than making records. Yeah, know, it yeah. used to, it used to, yourself, it used to be know? all about making the records, right? But now, I mean, yeah. obviously the TV and, and movie money. I mean, everybody. It seems like everybody in this town. Like, if you stay out here long enough, you'll eventually meet somebody. Six degrees separation from a TV show. Yeah. For sure. And, if you're, you know, you can turn some good stuff around for them, you can, you know, you'll get a crack at doing some stuff, you know, but that's the kind of magic gig I think that everybody um, tries to land out here, but it seems like you went in a different path where it's like, you know, I'm sure you could have pretty, probably went after those types of gigs too, but you kind of fell into this role of being like kind of a go-to mixing engineer, right? Yeah, it was, it was kind of after Mike after I stopped working with Mike that I had met so many great people through him that um, um, a lot of his uh, go-to musicians and their friends, we'd all sort of Mm. known each other. And I think that was like the thing that made this whole thing work for me was four years of working with Mike where I like really got to know the music, the musician community. Uh Uh-huh. Um, that really helped. And then you're ease. like, hey man, I can mix. It wasn't like I just showed up and just had to hustle. It was right, more of like a, hey, I mixed built. your record and you played it for your friends and that right, right. times dozens of whatever's. And well, it's and like, a, you you like talk the irons to in the fire. Yeah. The law of averages works out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The more, uh, the more yeah, you're like, you you're, like, you're like, well, let me let me take a crack at that song and I'll, I'll do a mix for you and it's going to be a lot a lot cheaper than what you know Mike Andrews would cost and. And then yeah, you kind of I mean, go from there. Yeah, it depends on how, you know, where you are in your life. I mean, when I was younger and less, uh, had less responsibilities, right. I mm-hmm. certainly charged less and was willing to do... Right, and you had um, less experience, so it made sense. Yeah, I mean, it's all sort of this trajectory that hopefully keeps yeah. going upward. Yeah, now. absolutely. Yeah. But then you have built up quite the, uh, this, the discography, so to speak, in terms of like, you know, if you look up your website, Juice Monster, was JuiceMonster.net? 
Uh, that's gone. And now, <laughs> that's that, a great name. It's always Juice Monster. So, I, was, I was, I was like, I remember the I first time I worked, first while. time I worked with you, I was like, do you, that's do, so you do you, do you work out a lot or? <laughs> Is in addition I decided to that like <laughs> it had this weird like workout like doping thing to it yeah. that I did not like. Oh, um, but in a weird but way, it kind of worked. The though. original yeah. inspiration was that my wife loves juice, oh. right? Like oh orange juice, cranberry juice, apple right. juice, like whatever, guava juice. Sentiment. So when she got cranky, it was like ah, juice, juice monster. monster. <laughs> ah, like, like give her some juice. Oh, and she went. Right. And she had like She'll the blood good. blood sugar issue or right, whatever. Right. And then like she drinks some juice and she's like. Ah. Like everything's so, totally so when, fine. When she was sugar spiking yeah. from the juice. She so probably, she drew she, with this little logo about, of like a monster with headphones. And does she know about moon juice? Was a, I like I don't, monster. Yeah, we don't know about moon juice. Um, okay, I'm trying to gather and tell them moon juice. Um, <laughs> but for a while, that was I thought it was funny, but I realized after a while it was sort of like, the ch- what I thought was cheeky about it may have not be, like my that wasn't my brand. My brand is my name. People okay, okay. people come to know me and my name, so I just went with but, you know, BrianCookMixer.com now. Oh, Brian Cook Mixer. Oh, man. I like Juice Monster. You want Because you can like also be like you're like juicing the music, right? Like you're so good. Well, it's sort of like you were music. branding the Juice Monster thing, but then again, you're really just kind of, it is Brian Cook's the guy mixing Time after it, time, so. people were like, Juice Monster, okay, okay. But it's, I bet it's stuck <laughs> in their <laughs> head, right? right? I, I like, bet it's stuck in their head. That's well, right. clearly, if you look at your, uh, if you look yeah. at your resume, your CV, if you will, of who you work with, no one seems to have a problem with it because <laughs> you've worked with so many artists that I love. You know, um, yeah. you know, I mean, like, you know, Gary Jules, you know, who kind of started the whole hotel cafe scene. Right. Um, you know, Miko, a lot of those artists from from the hotel cafe scene back in the day when it was really kind of like. That was the singer songwriter scene. Yeah, it here used in LA. to be like half the size. Mm. Right. My wife and I's first date was there when they just had like this one long table. Yeah. Oh. The whole length of the room. Yeah. I mean, it was <laughs> that was a special time, man. They you didn't know, have air conditioning one time, and really, like, Ray LaMontagne was like sweat sweating on stage. Really, just sweating bullets. Because <laughs> they had like one of those air conditioners they put in the wall. Oh my god! Yeah. Yeah. It's like, so from, loud. From Kmart or right, something. Right. 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 So Ray was like. Dude, guys, I need to go out and get you guys an air conditioner. This is crazy. Uh, oh my god, dude, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I remember. And now it's I always remember, freezing in there. Really? Is yes, it? it's so cold every time I go there. I used to go there a lot, and I miss it very much. But now, um, you know, family and right responsibility, um, yeah. all that stuff. I don't go. Yeah, out I remember. I remember being there, and they were talking about just getting their liquor license or something. Okay. They were just about to get it. Yeah. Um, back in the day but it is, it is kind of a special room but I, I think a lot of those have you worked with a lot of artists and singer-songwriters from that scene is that kind of it work? was a great community I mean yeah. everyone knew everybody yeah and it felt like home yeah yeah um, there was a period of like you know the Mike Andrews years I was there a lot a lot of his clients used to play there so hmm. um, and I was working with um, these producers Al, Al Scrow and Will Golden they worked I've with heard of that. they worked with Gary mm-hmm. a lot and um, we did a lot of great records for a lot of people, and it was just yeah. like just felt like home. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. one of the owners has like tons of brothers and sisters, and sometimes <laughs> they're working there, and like it felt like family, but sometimes it literally is it's a lot of family. Right. Like, right. right. Um, so but then, like MySpace came along, right, and the internet, you know, um, blossomed, there. and now, you know, you set up your own studio in your home, mm-hmm. you know, which so many. Um, producers and, and mixers have nowadays. You know, it's. I mean, from what you've seen, um, and I know recently you were cool enough to bring me to Capitol Records, show me the. Uh, I've never been in that building before, but thank you. Um, how often do you find yourself working out of these these big studios in LA, like Sunset Studios and Ocean Way, and and you know Only Capitol? Like a week or two a year, I'll get a call to work at one of these big places: mm-hmm. Oce- wow. Ocean Way, East West, Sunset Sound. Um, yeah. Usually it's for tracking. Usually it's like a oh, big okay. tracking thing. Like I did a lot of the American Idol uh, iTunes singles. Yeah. And we'd basically like make a record in three days. Oh, wow. It's like do all the music one day, all the vocals one all day, and mix everything in the third day. And so you didn't have to, you don't have to mix in those rooms? You usually bring it back to it your studio and mix? It mixing. On, on the Idol yeah. stuff, it was mostly Chris Lordalgy, so we were sending it to him. Right. But usually I'll go in for a big tracking day where there's like five or six people, like on Richie yeah. Sambor, it was like Aaron Sterling and Matt uh, Matt Rawlings and all these great session people. And mm-hmm. 
um, it's my job to sort of keep everything flowing mm -hmm. and keep mm -hmm. everything organized and don't erase anything and capture yeah. everything. Oh my God, capture everything, make notes about what's it's best. Like, can, can, and I, help, can you play the you know? the eleventh take of that and just the um, <laughs> the eleventh take? You know the part, the, the the breakdown part, and like, and I've seen you work. You're like, <laughs> yep. <laughs> and it, it, you know, I'll be I like, I'll be like, dude, can you can you scroll up like back? a little like rain, rain man? There, like, <laughs> you know, and, and you know, because like we know the song, we know our own song yeah, better than yeah, anybody else. Yeah, but it's like, course. oh, someone said, can you, dude, can you do, you know, can you do the seven, you know, scroll it back to that seventh take and the that breakdown part, um, and like you're already there. You know, that that's an interesting skill to be able to like. That's a great skill. Just dial into the music and really kind of. That's always amazed me is like how you know where you are and then you're looking at that screen. And you know, there's all these different wave files mm. and different things going on. And you know exactly where to go into. I mean, now because you've been doing it so long, it's 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 probably so simple for you. But when I watch people, engineers, and people work that computer, man, work the board, it's just it is kind of amazing, you know, um, to see how you guys do it and do it so fast. It's always been kind of mind blowing. The, the biggest thing for me tracking is that I, it's not about me anymore. Like mixing is like I'm paint, I'm being creative, I'm painting. Mm. But the, what's great and fulfilling about tracking is that I have to set the right environment and wait mm -hmm. for something great to happen and recognize when it happens. Because that's, you know, takes a lot of courage to be like, we got it. That's perfect. Because everyone always thinks they can do better mm. and figure out when you're cresting, like when you're going well, down Well, like learn to trust yourself because you might be like, well, that was really good. But I don't know. I mean, maybe the second take was better. And But knowing, having the ability to have the discerning ear to be like, that's our take. But sometimes right there. you just have to say the right thing to put people in the right mood. Okay, yeah. You know, sometimes yeah. when they're struggling, it either has maybe it's like a half step up or down a key. Maybe you change the tempo one or two clicks, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. maybe you cut the bridge out, or maybe you change the snare drum, or I don't know. Maybe and that you tell someone to stop playing because they're like, right. you know, it, it, whatever that is. That to me is the buzz of tracking, mm -hmm. figuring out that key that unlocks like this capture of a moment. Yeah. And that's a very different thing from mixing. Um, do, you, do you feel like you, in order to be a good mixer, you have to really learn tracking, get that down first, or can it you just bypass like that yeah. and go right to mixing? Yeah. I think I think they're all related. It's all yeah. related. I think you gotta, you know, yeah. Sort of like mastering, you kind of have to know how to mix, or not necessarily for mastering. It seems like it's mastering is a little different, yeah. a little different thing. Yeah. But um. But yeah. Um, you know. I mean, um, I think everyone know is familiar with each other's art form. And they're certainly related, but mm. um, I don't know if a mastering engineer needs to know how to be a tracking engineer. Right, like, right, okay. That's like a couple steps removed. So, and you're—I mean—you've built up such a book of business, such a such a network now, where you're pretty much have work coming to you now, right? You don't have to do too much, like reach out, hey man, what's going on? It's pretty much just like a steady flow of records yeah. coming in, projects coming in on on, on, a, on a regular basis. Would yeah, you say? I mean. It, you know, the last couple of years I've been busy with being a dad, so sometimes I miss going out and missing my friends, and yeah. mm -hmm. um, that's certainly like helps. Just to sometimes it's an out of sight, out of mind yeah. situation yeah. where you just there's a social aspect of people just need to like. I mean, I'm I'm guilty of it too. Like as I work with people, I'm more likely to call them if I have a need for like programming right. or, or whatever it is. Maybe it's like they're fresh in my mind. Right. So I think that's just part of the human condition. I think so is is just. It may not be any slight on you, but since they they right. recently worked with you, it's probably more likely that they want to work with you again. So right, sure. right. there's definitely like a maintenance factor that isn't mm. really merit based. It's just yeah. sort of like it's a social business, and that's just is mm -hmm. what it is. So when I don't get the chance to go out, I definitely miss it and feel like I should. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah, I know. I've been trying to make an effort to get out and see like more live music and just kind of get out there a bit more. But it's hard. You know, you get a little bit older. I mean, hard. obviously, if you have kids. It's a game changer. You have two kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Chrissy, you do not have kids. Not um, biologically, no. But I have kids you, that are in my yeah, life that that's I true, that's true. make time do, for on yeah. a regular basis. You know, I, have, yeah. I have an adorable nephew. Um, but uh, we got two dogs, so kind of counts for something. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, our dog Definitely. was had me up all night last night coughing, oh. and uh, it's got this gnarly cough thing going on. Um, yeah. But um, so, who's been your favorite person that you worked with? Whether it's because the project was really cool, or you got along really well, or you just I mean, the process myself. was easy and enjoyable. Yeah. Yes, we'll course. ignore the obvious. Besides Bradford, of yeah. course, we know he's number one. Who's number two? Exactly. <laughs> I think mostly it's 
it's producers like Will Golden or this producer Justin Glasgow or right mm -hmm. now I'm working a lot with Brent Cutsell and Ryan Tedder and there are people that we sort of um, see eye to eye with you yeah know? like people that you continue and that Bob Hartree is another one of my producer clients mm -hmm, that like mm -hmm. I don't know something like almost everything you do together is is feels satisfying. That's awesome. You know, um, you have it's not that you have the same taste, but you have the same um, instincts, and there's mm -hmm. a certain uh, that's our warning. Hmm. Certain trust there that you have the freedom to like push each. Bob Hartree says it's like. I feel like I was dipping my toes in the pool and you like pushed me into the pool. Oh yeah, you, know, you push like, each other like in a healthy thing way. That you, yeah. like, you get each other enough to like be the best version of right. yourself. You know? Right, right. That's then fantastic. Then trust is established, and you know it's they, they know they they kind you you know what you're getting from them, and they kind of know what they're going to get from you. Yeah, and I think and, you, um, you don't play it safe because you don't have to. Yeah, you're not worried yeah. about it. You know? yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. And you know you've worked with like so many different people. I mean, obviously recently you've worked with them. I mean, the U2 track for their new record. I mean, that's got to be sort of a would you say a career highlight for sure? Oh yeah, I mean, I mean of course. Yeah, it's like U2, right? Yeah, it's pretty wild. <laughs> Even though it was like track 15 on the deluxe version. <laughs> <laughs> so what, dude? It's like, hey, it's whatever. Okay. It's but that's okay. a that's you, a very <laughs> short list of people, and I'm incredibly honored. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're probably kicking it out to a bunch of people, and like, if your mix was the one that they said, "Hey, you know, Bono was like, dude, I like the, this." The mix. One Republic guys. I think this is made, I think this is like the second record the One Republic guys have worked on with them. So okay. Um, you know, my friend originally re re referred me to the One Republic guys, and then we've been doing One Republic stuff, and but yeah. they work with a lot of other artists too. Yeah, yeah. writing and co-producing so that's how that happened for me but so cool um but yeah i think it's more a testament to the one Pre one republic guys like ryan and brent mm -hmm. that they got asked back to do another u2 record and i was just sort of helping them do, helping do them. their mm -hmm. thing mm -hmm. you know sure um but um do you but either miss way. do you play anymore personally in your personal life your jazz <sighs> a couple years ago i sold my saxophones <gasps> for a vintage spring reverb <gasps> <laughs> uh, How did that uh, feel, parting with the saxophone? Good at the time, but now not so great. You no, know, you miss it? Yeah. Okay. Did you like the I don't movie know if I La, miss, I don't know La, if La I miss, Land? I don't really have the time to play, nor right. do I really like... Um, not thirsty do you desire? Or hungry to play. Okay, you don't... Okay, desire. I mean, I, I, I get a lot of musicality out through my work. Mm -hmm. I do miss playing, but it's not like... I'm not in pain that I'm not playing. Okay, well, okay, um, cool. Well, that's good But then. I do miss the, the, the physical instruments, just on a sentimental value. But, yeah. you know, when you're, yeah. when you're looking at all the instruments individually when you're mixing, it's almost like you are playing them. Yeah. And, you know, because yeah. you, you know, you're, you're doing everything. There's a lot of here. judgments. Like, I hear a little yeah. phrase, I'm like... That phrase is no good. That's not mm -hmm. like that doesn't mm -hmm. move me. Nor right. and furthermore, it hurts the song. Yeah. So I'm gonna right. mute the, you know, mute it. <laughs> right. It's like, <laughs> it's like right. It's like I know you guys did that, but uh, no, I'm gonna mute that. Gonna I'm, gonna, I'm gonna change this, and then you know, and then you know, you give it back to them, and they're like, "That's actually cool. Thank you." you Either know? they're gonna love it, or they're gonna miss it, and say, "Put it back, please." And I'm gonna say, "No problem." Right. Exactly. Here there it is. Go. Here's it's back. But right. at least I owe it to them. Right. Like they're the, the reason them. they're bringing me in. That's I mean, right. I have to, you know. You're the outside perspective, yeah. the expert yeah. outside perspective. Yeah. yeah. So and that's why you tend to work with these people over and over again because you sort of you trust each other. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So crazy. So when you and wife have date night, do you go out to jazz clubs? No. Okay, no. <laughs> Although our second date was our second date was jazz actually. Okay. Yeah. Jazz is jazz is pretty chill. Our first date um, was Anara George at the hotel. Oh yeah, Ooh. with Indian food afterwards, and oh, then second date with jazz, and third date Dude. was uh, snowboarding. Oh, I love that! Oh shit, yeah. that's fantastic. Jazz to snowboarding. Damn, it's yeah. a good range right up. there. It's no, a good range. Yeah, you're, you're you're a mammoth guy. Yeah. Mammoth is amazing. It's the antidote to studio lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, I you gotta have real air, air, real sun. Oh, right. Yeah. You know, moving your body instead of sedentary. Just yeah. Do you still snowboard? Oh yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, a lot. Does wifey still snowboard? She skis, and she's amazing. That's so cool. Really? And our um, six-and-a-half-year-old skis, too. Oh, that's awesome. Whoa. Family affair. That's yep. great. Super cool. I'll so see like you guys on the slopes. Oh, you going to get out there, Brad? I might, yeah. <laughs> I ski a bit. I ski a little bit. Ski, right. I, I ski, I've, I've been known to get on the slopes myself. Big bear. It's, good. it's expensive, but, I, but it's... Yeah. It's, it's kind of worth it. It fulfills something. Yeah. For us. Chairlift. 
Fun. <laughs> Brett just rides the chairlift <laughs> I like, I like, up and down. Well, I, <laughs> I like get off. I like filming like the snow on the trees as I'm going up the chairlift. You know, he's like, "Marty, take to, a picture of me for Instagram, capture, so they think I'm skiing." Trying to capture footage, but it sucks when you when you when you take a, a, a spill. You know, I mean, yeah, you you, you you always take a, a pretty gnarly header. I mean, it's just part of the whole process. You always take a pretty gnarly header. I don't know about a header, um, but I still hate exiting the chairlift on a snowboard. Like to this day, I'm it's like, too it's, it's weird. just, it's just nerve wracking. You gotta go, in. Yeah. you gotta go fast, and it's like, sort of like a top. Is the chair gonna You're knock like you in the back around, of the head yeah. if you don't get out of the way. I know, but it never does. Uh, um, snowboarding yeah. looks so fucking fun. Um, one day, maybe I will, I will, I will uh, tackle that. Yeah. Um, Should we plug your social media, Brian? What do you think? Do you want people to follow you on Twitter? Sure. We'll do it, Let's my do friend. That. Where do where's Brian at on Twitter? Tell us. I should have memorized this. I think it's Brian I sent G. It Cook. To you. It's Brian so G. So the face Cook. Facebook <laughs> is Brian Cook, but the Twitter is Brian G. Cook. Brian G. Cook, yeah, Brian yeah, G. yeah, yeah. And then, and then uh, Instagram. His Instagram's private. Your Instagram's private, but I'm assuming that's intentional. Well, I can accept. So he can, requests. yeah, he can accept yeah. requests. Yeah. yeah, if you're not a weirdo, I mean, Brian G. Cook. Yeah, I struggle with the social media thing because I do have like. Pers- like family things on there absolutely yeah yeah but i also feel like if you have like a business one that's sort of forced yeah. too it's yeah. sort of mm. i mean a lot of my uh, business friends are actually real friends of mine too so yeah it's a weird overlap dichotomy yeah I I know, it's like it's 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 it, it always crosses over yeah so it seems like but um maybe in the music business more than other businesses right totally right, right. Yeah. um so what's um what's what's on the horizon for you just keep on keeping on your record. I know, man. Oh, guys, be on the lookout. Um, Brad Bird's record. So psyched that Brian is mixing my new record yeah. right now, which is fucking yeah, like, super cool. I was doing that before I came over. I oh, love it. Oh, look it. at that, Brian. I love it. Okay. Really excited about Brad's record. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we've hit an hour, Brad. Time really? flies when you're Chrissy's having fun. I do. Keeping, keeping the, keeping Things are better the when they're shorter. Short is sweet. That's right. You don't need go. to go on Short forever. Short and sweet. Short That's and right. sweet. Leave people want more. Well, dude, thank you for, for popping over here today and being a guest on oh, What's Your Story podcast. Um, and, um, yeah. Everyone, follow cool. Brian on social media. Keep a lookout for what he's got on the horizon. Yeah, if you're if you're out there and you're in a band or a singer-songwriter and you want to have some of the you want some expertise better in your mixes life? you'll ever experience, hit up Brian Cook. Yes. If he's available, and that's with a Y. Yes. Brian with a Y. Well um, but thank you, dude, for being here. You're welcome. And um, now get back there and keep mixing my record. <laughs> <laughs> this is What's Your Story, guys. We will be here next week. We've got two more episodes for season two. two. More. You can follow Brad and I on social media. I'm Chrissy Carpenter. Brad, what are you? I'm Brad Bird. With a Y. With a Y. And uh, thank you for tuning in. We will see you uh, next week. Next week, folks. Okay, take care, everyone. Bye. Peace. What's your story? What's your story? What's your story? What's your story? Brad, what is your story? What's your story? What's your story?